Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. There's a very popular scripture. I use it a lot. All preachers and ministers across the world use it a lot. And I was studying it sometime and I got a very, very beautiful light very beautiful light out of it. I'd never seen it the way I saw it that day. And it changed a lot on how I see God, on how I see my life, on how I live my life in my walk of faith. And it amused me so much. And I said, no, I'll not eat this alone. I'll share it with you. So your joy as well, like the Bible says, may be full. The Bible says in John, the 10th chapter, the 10th verse, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And Jesus says, but I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And from that scripture, the Lord started to speak to me about his abundance or the abundant life. And tonight I want to talk about the abundant life. The abundant life. It begins with what the devil cometh to do. Present continuous. Okay. And I love that rendering. The thief cometh not, but for to steal. So every time he comes, he comes to steal. Every time he comes, he comes to kill. Every time he comes, he comes to destroy. So the Bible says. But the Bible says, but I am come. Right? I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Not just life. It's okay if Jesus had come for us to just have life. Hallelujah, somebody. It was enough if he had just guaranteed that we're going to have life. That was enough. But he added and said, but the quality of life I want you to have is abundant life. And so we go into exploring what is abundant life. The Greek word there used in scripture for abundant or abundance is the word perisos. Now I want you to listen to how it's defined. Perisos means over and above. I am come that you might have life over and above. Over and above. Over who? Over what? The normal life of men. I am come that you might have life over the normal life of men. I am come that you might have life above the normal life of men. It gets more crazy. Perisos also means superior. I am come and the emphasis there in the definition of superior is in quality. You see, 
He says, I'm come that you might have a more superior life in quality. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm come that you might have a more superior life in quality than the life of men. I'm come that you might have a more superior life in quality than you have ever dreamed of. It also means I'm come that you might have a life of advantage. That in every transaction you are advantaged. In every business you are advantaged. In every career you are advantaged. In every plan and purpose of the earth you are advantaged. In every course determined in human history you are advantaged. When you go in a line for a job you are advantaged. When you sit in a car you are advantaged. When you sit in a flight you are advantaged. When they think who to promote you are advantaged. You have an extra advantage from the person that you're seated next to. Somebody shout hallelujah. It gets deeper. It also implies excessive. I'm come that whatever I give you should be in excess. I don't want to give you enough. Oh, God is saying I don't want to give you enough. I want to give you excess. I want people to look at you and say that woman God has given excessively. That gentleman God has blessed excessively. Even deeper, the word perishable also means more than is necessary. More than is necessary. I am come that I might give you more than is necessary. If it is wealth, I want to give you more than is necessary. I want the world to look at you and say that fellow has money more than is necessary. That individual walks in power more than is necessary. That individual walks in wisdom more than is necessary. That individual walks in glory more than is necessary. The God of more than necessary. That's the life he wants you to live. Can you think about it for a moment? Can you internalize this for a moment? Can you cross your hands and look in the sky and think what would an excessive life mean? What would it look like in the anointing? What would it look like in glory? What would it look like financially? What would it look like health-wise? What would it look like in knowledge? What would it look like in power? What would it look like in influence? What would it look like in affluence? What would it look like in impression? What would it look like in appearance? What would excessive look for you? You know, <laughs> when we were growing up, there was a very rich fellow that lived just near us. Very, very rich fellow. And we saw his children, they used to spoil a lot because their father had money, which was not right for them to spoil. See, it was not right for them to spoil. But when you grow and then see how they spoiled you'd not blame them as children. Why? Because there was excess. There was excess. God wants to do things in your life that you will appear to be spoiled by God. That's the father you believed. Hallelujah. He wants to do things in your life. People look at you and say, this fellow was spoiled by God. He was excessively blessed. She is excessively anointed. He is excessively endured. He is excessively, excessively given. You're going to walk in a life now, I'm prophesying, where people will look at you and say things like, I think God, you gave her more than was necessary. 
people will look at the grace operating on your life and they will say, even if you had distributed this with a hundred men, this fellow would still have more than enough. Shout amen. amen. That's yours in Jesus' name. Let me show you something very beautiful. In Romans 5, the 17th chapter, he says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one man, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, this Jesus Christ. Amplified says, they shall reign as kings in life. They shall reign as kings in life. They shall reign, I feel it should sink, as kings, not as survivors, not as paupers, not as subjects. It says they shall reign as kings in this life. But let me emphasize something here. He called it the abundance of grace. He didn't call it abundant grace. Did you see that? He called it the abundance of grace. Do you know the difference? You see the difference? That grace has an abundance. The spirit of grace comes with abundance. So he calls it the abundance of grace. You see that? When you go in the literal rendering, the implication there is that because of grace, abundance comes. And they receive the abundance of grace. You understand what I'm saying? Now, you cannot say that you're a child of grace and you're not located by abundance. You are not defined by abundance. You know, there are people who say, you know, if you can just give me a good job, a house, and food on my table, and clothes on my body, it shall be enough. <laughs> he says, it shall be enough. Just give me that. It shall be enough. It's more than just even what he will give you in the physical things. The Bible speaks of the abundance of peace. The Bible speaks of the abundance of truth. The Bible speaks of the abundance of health. He wants everything given to you to be excessive. God is without compromise concerning how he has given you. He has given you way more than you could ever count. He has given you way more than you could ever weigh. He has given you way more than you could ever consume. When Paul saw that, he connected to the abundance of revelation. You remember in Corinthians when he says, and to keep me from getting puffed up, because of the abundance of revelations. You see, the abundance of revelation. This is good for a preacher or a minister. The abundance of revelation. God can pour a revelation on you excessively. God can pour a revelation on you excessively. More than is necessary. <laughs> God can pour a revelation on you of superior quality. That 20 people, 200 men, 400 people preach. And when you start preaching, you're different. It's superior. It's superior. It's a special eye of seeing things. Paul walked in that glory because he was connected to the spirit of grace. The abundance of grace. The abundance of grace. The abundance of grace. And so he knew, he connected and understood. So when you understand that, how can you say that you can run out of revelation? 
when what God has given you is more than you need. I'm now I'm talking to preachers. How can you say that you can never wake up and you don't have a message? It is impossible to listen to me and you don't learn something. It is impossible. You'll always learn something new when you listen to me. You will always learn something new. In fact, some of you who listen to old sermons, you realize that you can re-listen to a sermon and every time you're listening to it, it comes with another revelation. And sometimes you even ask yourself, I was sharing somebody yesterday and somebody told me, I listened to this thing and I'm like, but where was I? I was in this. How come I didn't get it? Because that's just what is in me. Hallelujah, glory to God. And it's not exclusive to me. It's for anybody that dares to believe God. Because revelation is a place of faith. Revelation is a place of faith. If you do not have the faith to access, you cannot walk in the grace of revelation. You must believe that God speaks to you. You must believe that God speaks to you. It's like the prophetic. How do we get boldness? How do I stand and say, this year, like at the beginning of the year, I said, I see God has showed me there are going to be volcanic eruptions. How can I have that boldness to speak before millions if God has not spoken? But I must believe that God has spoken. I prophesied about the going up of the metals, gold and diamond. Some of you are reading on the internet, you'll see. It has gone up. Yet it's just the beginning of the end. Well, you're about to see it more. So floods in Asia. But you see, and these things we prophesied. But where do you get the boldness to stand before people and say, God has said, you must have faith. You must have faith. And how does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more is implied in your spirit by revelation, the more you let it implant, the more you will see that the word speaks. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, I'm talking beyond gift. Here, I'm actually talking beyond gift. The glory of access is bigger than the gifting of a man. And the gifting of a man has its levels of function. They are inferior, a little inferior, a little. The gifts of a man are a little inferior to the realm of faith. They're inferior to the realm of faith. I'm not saying that they are not important. You see, but faith is not subject to circumstances. You see, because gifts are supposed to be stirred. You see, you can stir a gift. And when it's not stirred, it will not function as it should. You see what I'm saying? But you see, the faith of a man, the way faith works, somebody can actually put something on your life, even if you've not stirred it. You see that? It can even extend... That's why we raise dead bodies. Do they believe? They are dead. But the faith of one man works. You see what I'm saying? It can extend even beyond your own connection. And it would still work. Praise God. Although God calls us to grow our faith. We grow it. The level you are, the place you are in faith determines how God can communicate and operate with you. You see? That's why it says, brethren, concerning spiritual gifts, let us not be what? Ignorant. But interestingly, if you read the KJV, I think it's 1 Corinthians 12, 
when he speaks of concerning spiritual gifts, let us not be ignorant. If you read the original translations, the word gifts does not exist in that scripture. That's why for those of you with KJV, it's either italicized or there's a small box there, meaning that it was just added. But in the original translation, the word gifts does not exist. So actually, the real rendering in is, now concerning the spiritual brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Do not be ignorant about how the spiritual world works. That's what he's trying to emphasize. It's not just the giftings, but how the spiritual world, nomatikos, how the spiritual things work. You're not supposed to be indifferent about how the spiritual world works. Somebody shout hallelujah. You must know how the spiritual world works. And the spiritual world, I'm giving you an example, works through the realm of faith. Faith. Without faith, the Bible says it is impossible to please God. Somebody shout amen. Shout hallelujah. There was a time in church history where a man was judged as righteous because they stayed poor because they stayed disadvantaged you see because they lacked because certain things around them were broken but as the church is coming to the knowledge of the truth we're going to understand that that is not how God has called us to be and that's not what brought Jesus Jesus did not bring you to struggle with house rent. You're not on the face of the earth to struggle for fees. You're not on the face of the earth to struggle in your body, in your health. Jesus did not come for that. Oh, no, it's all right for me to be sick. Some say, as long as I have Jesus, you have failed to understand why he came. He came that you might have life, Zoe, the very life of God, and that you might have it in excess. <laughs> you might have it more than is necessary. So God has judged you and discovered that what I've put on you is more than you need. Yet you have a need. Now, do you realize why he says that, brethren, we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us? Do you see why he says we're more than conquerors? He says we are more than conquerors because when he looks at and determines at the victor of the Christian, it's not of a conqueror. It's excessive over conqueror. It's above and beyond conquer. He says, brethren, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are more than conquerors. See, we're not conquerors. We are more than conquerors. In fact, you should be offended when they say you're a conqueror. Get offense in your spirit and say, ah, 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 that's an insult to what's upon my life. I am more, I'm above a conqueror. Somebody shout, amen, glory to God. He says, nay, in all these things. Paul says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors, we are more. So when the devil comes to attack you, God just doesn't want you to conquer. You're above that. You are above that. You are above that. It even insults the Godhead and the character of God in you to go into a war and think you're going to conquer. No, whatever comes your way, you must think I'm even above conquer. I'm above conquer. I'm bigger than just winning. I'm bigger than just winning. The victory has already been given to you through Christ. So how can you say you're a conqueror? You are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. Whatever comes your way comes already defeated. You understand? 
It's like tying a person arms, legs, and every part of them, and then they put you in a boxing ring and they say fight. You, you see what I'm saying? How is that going to end? The hands are tight, the legs are tight, the head is tight, he cannot move a muscle, and then you are given muscle, you have gloves, and they tell you, start boxing. You see what I'm saying? Leave that to people who think that they are fighting a fellow who is free and untied. That's not your story. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. In Isaiah, the 60th chapter, the fifth verse, he says, Then thou shalt see and flow together, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged. Because, he says, the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. Now, why do I emphasize this? I want to help you understand how impossible it is for you to be poor. Let me help you understand how, why it's impossible for a believer to be poor. So does that mean that people are not poor? They're poor, but they do not know. Now, I want to help somebody know. When God created the earth, the earth and its fullness, he placed man there. You see that? And he gave you the earth. And he said, have dominion. Don't just exist. The blessing of God was to produce, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth. That means keep everything under your submission. And he says, and have dominion. You know what it means to have dominion? It means stay above. At any cost, stay above the earth. Stay above. Have dominion. That's what it says. Stay above. Stay above. Have dominion. Just have dominion. Stay above. Be above. Be the head. Be in charge. Have the control over everything that is in the earth. Now, I said this a couple of years ago, that nothing in the earth is of price. Nothing in the earth is of price. I don't want you to note that. But things are given price when they're translated. They're given value when they're shaped by skill, by wisdom, by ability. They're given value. You see that? They're given value. But they are of value because the mind gives them value. The human spirit gives them value. But in their own selves, by God, they were free. There's nothing on the earth that is not from the earth. You see, the houses, the most beautiful palaces in the world, or mansions that are built, are built by everything that came from the earth. And that was free from the earth. Gold came from the earth. It was free from the earth. Diamonds came from the earth. They were free from the earth. But the price is put because a man was given the power to fight. You see that? That is why minerals are very spiritual. Why do you think they call them, was it Sierra Leone where they were called the bloody diamonds? Why do you think people died around them? Why were sacrifices and blood shed when men were accessing what was free. Why do they call, why do they have the adage, the oil curse? Why do they call it the curse? Because the places where nations accessed oil, a lot of war and mayhem was put. Congo, the DRC is one of the most unstable nations on the continent of Africa. 
I don't know of a nation that is endowed in minerals like that place. More than three quarters of the world's cobalt is in DRC cobalt. What you use to make electric cars. But look at the children that ferry it and the Chinese that buy it and take it to China and make billions of dollars. You see what I'm saying? But from the ground it was free. But the power to translate even that which is free to value is not something that is easily conceivable by the human spirit or the soul. It takes a certain grace. That is why the people who can live with gold and silver for years and never be able to translate it to value or even get killed because they have it. See that? But everything came from the ground. The iron that you see that makes your cars, the rubber from the trees that feed from the ground, everything came from the ground and was free. So when the Bible says that the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. Converted. Have you heard the language God has used? Has been converted. Shall be converted. Will be converted. Is converted unto thee. It is translated to you. To you. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 33, 19, again, he continues to emphasize that they shall call the people and to the mountain they shall offer sacrifices of righteousness for they shall suck of the abundance. Again, he has repeated, of the seas and the treasures hid in the sand. He's talking about things underground. He says that I shall give you of hidden treasures in one portion of scripture. He says that I shall give you of the hidden treasures. He says, and the hidden riches of secret places. He will give you the treasures of darkness that you may know. The Bible says that I am the Lord God of Israel. Whatever is hid in the dark for treasure is yours as a child of God. Whatever is hidden in the secret places of the earth. He says there are things that are in the secret places of the earth. They are hidden for you. And he says I shall give them for you. So whatever is hidden is for your glory. I said whatever is hidden is for your glory. That means gold belongs to the believer. Silver and diamond belong to the believer. All the wealth in the earth is yours already. Even before you know it, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You have been given. The Bible says everything that pertains to life and godliness. The question is, have you received it? Have you received it? Have you really received it? Do you know how to receive? So remember when it says in Romans, they that receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, do you see it's to them that receive, not just them that are given, because you can be given and not know how to receive. You can be given and not know how to receive. So how can you be poor when God gave you the wealth of the seas, the wealth of the sun, the wealth underground, the hidden places, the secret places of the earth, whatever is shaken for the earth for wealth and glory, to you it is free. But more than that, he says, it shall be converted. That means it shall find its way to you. <laughs> Glory to God. That's why I can never be poor. I can never be poor. The Bible says in Isaiah, the 35th chapter, the first verse, he says, when they appear, you, the children of God, he says, the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. That means that your appearance 
even the dry places start getting excited because they know what's upon you gives life and brings life. And the Bible says, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Imagine the desert seeing you and it starts to adjust to you. Do you know that the power of a ground to germinate a seed is in the instruction that it conceives to give whatever is needed for that particular seed? That is why the Bible says that you shall not plant your ground with mixed seed. In fact, one version says, least you confuse the ground. You see that? Because whatever seed is planted in the ground, there's an instruction to the ground to give whatever is needed for that particular seed. So if you plant two seeds together, you confuse the ground because then I know to which seed is it giving energy and life. Now, here, you appear in deserts and flowers start coming up. Roses start blossoming in deserts. Wilderness and solitary places start to be glad for you. And he says, and it shall blossom abundantly. It shall blossom abundantly. And rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellence of Carmel, Sharon, and shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellence of God. What shall blossom the desert? Everything that is around you will respond to the abundance on your spirit and become abundant. That is why when Lot walks with Abraham, what happens? He becomes wealthy. You see? He becomes wealthy. Just because God did not have a covenant with Lot. He didn't have a covenant with Lot. He spoke to Abraham and called him. And Lot just followed a man which was gifted and called of God, which had a covenant with God. And because of that, Lot never lacked. In fact, they become so rich that they have to split because what is happening on Abraham is happening on Lot. Be not deceived. God did not have a covenant with Lot. But he sat next or he related with a man of abundance. This thing will not only end on you, it will extend on everything around you. Even if they take you to the remotest place in the world and put you there, companies, businesses, whatever, will start flying to where you are. Why? Because you attract abundance. Because you are abundant. And you make abundant that which comes in your space. That's the glory of God concerning a person who has believed him. I was reading a very interesting portion of scripture concerning Hezekiah in 2 Chronicles, the 32nd chapter, the 27th verse. 2 Chronicles, this 32nd chapter, the 27th verse. The Bible says, and Hezekiah had exceeding much riches and honor. Exceeding. Beyond. Okay? And he made himself treasuries of silver and for gold and for precious stones. Is somebody connecting to what I was teaching before? For spices. Why do you think gold is coming to him? Why do you think precious stones are coming to him? Why do you think silver is coming to him? Because of the glory of abundance in his life, the blessing of God on his life. You see? So he says, he made himself treasuries of silver and for gold and for precious stones and for spices and for shields and for all manner of pleasant jewels. 28. Storehouses also for the increase of corn, so he can't lack food, and wine and oil. I hope you know coin, wine, and oil, what that means. You see? and stalls for all manner of beasts and quarters for flocks. Moreover, the Bible says, God provided him with cities. Now I want you to listen. Cities, and there's somebody saying, house rent father. Cities, house rent father. 
CDs for Hezekiah, house rent father. CDs, a plot of land, Lord. Cities, he says, moreover, he provided him with cities and possessions of flocks and herds. In what? In what? In abundance. For God, the Bible says, and I love that language, the way it was rendered, had given him substance very much. <laughs> May you walk in substance very much. Praise God. Very much. He was given substance very much. God can do it. I say God can do it. And here's a new creation reality. That is why Jesus came. This is the new creation reality. This is the truth, present truth. That is why Jesus is come. That is why he walked the surface of this earth. He wanted to give you eternal life. He wanted you to go to heaven. But before you go to heaven, before you die, beloved sister, before you leave this earth, my brother, God has said, you will live a life of abundance. You should live a life of abundance. Refuse to die. Oh, you know me, I don't care. As long as I have Jesus, you can take the world. <laughs> and God is saying, I can actually give you both. You can have me and still be wealthy. You can have me and still have abundance in every aspect. That's why I said, imagine what it means to have abundant peace. To have peace excessively more than is necessary <laughs> imagine if you have peace more than is necessary just imagine it that is why the church of Jesus Christ is not growing at the speed it should grow because we are not walking in the abundance for which he came for imagine all the money was available for you to build a ministry that you need well come out of imagination it is available for you. It is available for you. Imagine all the health was available for you to fulfill the God-given calling on your life. That you don't have to worry about dying before time. Regardless of what's in the world or in your body presently. And here's the good news. It is given to you. It is available in the now. It's available in the now. It's available in the now. Your life is supposed to be a wonder. People are supposed to look at you and start asking questions because the life that you're living in God has no answers according to the way of men. That's how the believer is supposed to live. We're supposed to surprise people. Unfortunately, today the church is surprising people in ignorance. It's surprising people... In poverty, surprising people the wrong way. We're supposed to surprise the world the right way. We're supposed to surprise the world the right way. And that is why I was sharing with some people yesterday and I said, even the way we educate the mind that has been begotten to greatness and glory of that kind of magnitude should be different. Because why did you go to school? Your parents would tell you, you're going to school to have a better life. Which better life? That you might find a job and live well. So why did we go to school? To get a job. So drive a car and live in a nice house and then have some salary or money, you know, 
The pen doesn't lie, so they say. The African proverb, the pen doesn't lie. Because you go to school, you get an education, and you graduate, and then you get a job, and then you build, and then grow, and then you're promoted, and then you make it in life. Praise God, you see. And I'm telling believers that in the New Testament understanding, you are not supposed to pursue education because you will become rich. No, you pursue education because there are certain places that you might never be able to stand without that education. But as it comes to your prosperity, the gift of God on your life is bigger than any book you could ever read. So I'm not saying you don't study. No, we have studied. We went to school. In fact, I have a problem when a Christian doesn't go to school. Because it gives you a certain language. It teaches you a certain way of life. And I advise believers to go to school. Even if you didn't go and you have the opportunity to go, go to school. Because it helps shape your psyche to how the world thinks. But again, it is not the source of your blessing. It does not disqualify you all because I did not go to school. I did not have an education. Therefore, I'm not going to be a success. In fact, the richest people in the world are not rich by education. That is why when a man has been begotten into abundance, even the way they are educated should be different. It should prepare them for abundance. Not teach them to survive in a fallen world. Parents, educate your children to have that mindset. For example, when the Bible says, if riches increase, set not your heart on them. See, that's the right teaching for a man which is being prepared for abundance because God is not saying that riches are not going to come. Just know how not to set your heart on them. See, that's the right teaching. It's different from do as much as you can to be rich because then you're entering the life of salvation, a poor person, and the spirit of poverty is guiding you into wealth. You see that? He told you you shall reign as kings. So the scripture that says, oh, he lifts the poor from the dust and they sit with princes, that's not yours because you're not the poor among the princes. No, you are kings and priests to the most high God. Educate your children with the mentality that they are kings and queens in the earth because it's waiting for them. Whatever you've believed God for, actually God is waiting for you. You're not the one waiting on him, no. He's the one waiting for you. Some things need to connect. You see? Lessons like your definition in God should not be in the abundance of things. See, when they say it should not be in the abundance of things. They mean that the abundance is disqualified. No. It only teaches the believer to not build their life based on the abundance that's available. But that doesn't disqualify the abundance of God on your life. You see what I'm saying? It's not what defines us. God and his wisdom defines us. See, it says that yes, the abundance of God is on you, but the wisdom of God is on you also. The life and the spirit of God is operating so connected with you. You see, so connected, not disconnected, not indifferent, but so connected with you in the abundance. That the wisdom of God is with you in the abundance of things. But the abundance of God is your portion. It's your portion. Why do you think we've covet things? The spirit of covetedness is out of a man who does not know what they've been given and what is available to them through God. So I say, oh, I wish I had that cow. You wish? In a realm where all things are given to you, you wish you could? He says, I've given you. So how can you wish you could have what God has already given you? You see? Except if you're not conscious of what is given you. 
That's why people covet. Oh, I wish I could be like that person. Oh, I wish I could live like that person. Because you do not know what was given to you and what is available for you. But if you knew what was available for you, you'd wish to be the best you. And every other day you strive to be a better you. Somebody shout hallelujah. So how do we educate the mind that has been awakened to the abundance? It is trained to live and walk in the abundance. It is not trained to earn itself into abundance. And the believers who are just training themselves to earn themselves into abundance. Yet in the same world, there are believers who have been elevated and awakened to the abundance available. And so they are only educated into how to walk in the abundance that's already available for them. That's a consciousness. And if that consciousness is not built in your spirit, you will never see abundance, even though it's available for you. I wish you know, some of you, that you have failed to connect to certain things, not because they were not available for you. In fact, these things have always been near you. You just never knew how to connect to them. And you made the wrong prayers. You continue to ask God for those things. And God is like, they're there. Give me God. He says, no, they are there. God, give me. But he says, no, 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 no. I have given you. You see? We ask amiss. Tune your life on this meditation daily when you wake up. Now, that should be regardless of whether you are being chased out of the house you're living in or because you lost your job or your business got burned before your eyes died, matter. Regardless of what is happening in your life, you should never lose the revelation of that character of God in you. You should never leave the meditation of abundance on your spirit. You should never walk out of that consciousness regardless of what happens. Never lose your mind out of that consciousness because you need it to stay attuned and to walk in what is already available for you. Refuse to submit yourself to what you see happening in the world. No, 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 no. I have made more wealth in COVID season than all the days of my life. Oh, COVID is a bad one. Did everybody sink in COVID? No. In fact, they tell you the world's millionaires became richer. They became richer. See? So, some people were sinking in COVID. Some of us were just getting richer. You see? Because we are not conscious, neither subject to the systems of the earth. I'm still tuned to the abundance that is given in spirit. Fenera received more giving as a ministry in COVID season than any year before. Because we're not subject to the seasons of the earth. It doesn't mean we don't care for those that are struggling. That's why I'm teaching. Because the Bible has called us to preach the gospel to the poor. You see? To preach the gospel to the poor. They just need knowledge. They don't need money. You just need to know how to do it. I refuse to ever think in this world that I will survive in this world. I'm not a survivor in this world. I am over and above provision. Praise God. I am over and above what they will ever define as wealth. That's my consciousness. That's how I live. That's how I know life. And whether there's money in this pocket or there's no money in this pocket, that doesn't change my state. It's not possible for me to survive in this world. Leave survival to those who don't know God, not you. Not you, praise God, hallelujah, not you. May everything that has been given by God 
to your life be seen in the abundance it has been given. I repeat, may everything that has been given to you financially, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, be seen in the abundance of which it has been given concerning your life. Now you to raise your voice and prepare your heart and start to catch this, receive this, lambanor it, arrest it and say it is mine. It's a seed. Your heart is a ground and it has been planted. Right now I want you to water it by confession. Just water it by confession and say it is mine. King shall come to my rising. Yeah. Because I am favored and graced. In all I do, I shall prosper. Everything I touch shall be blessed pray king shall come to my rising because I am favored and graced in all I do I shall prosper I touch shall be blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Abundantly blessed. Oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed, I'm blessed, abundantly blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, oh I'm blessed. Ever quiet. King shall come to my rising. Come on, say. In all I do, I shall prosper. Everything you touch shall be blessed. King shall come to your eyes. I decree that upon your life. Because you're favored and great. In all you do, you shall prosper. Oh, everything you touch, everything you touch shall be blessed. King shall come to your eyes. Oh, cause you The Bible says that strangers shall serve you. 
in all you do you shall prosper I pray for you in the name of Jesus that the seed, the revelation, the substance, the grace, the glory, the understanding of the life of abundance settles in you permanently. And I decree and I declare that you shall be a mighty one on the earth for the glory of God. In peace, in knowledge, in revelation, in wisdom, in wealth, in everything that pertains to life and godliness, you shall always be over and above. You shall always have excess. You shall always walk in more than is necessary for you. You shall always be advantaged at your workplaces, in your business, in the deals and contracts that are coming ahead. You will be favored above all men. In Jesus' name, give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. Come on, clap for Jesus. Clap your hands to Jesus. If you have never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He shed his blood for you, most importantly, that you might have eternal life. Eternal life. These other things follow, but eternal life is the real thing. And today is your day, not tomorrow, not next week. Now is your day. And I want to give you an opportunity to say this word. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and was raised for my glory, that you're the Son of God, I'm born again. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.